Hey, everyone. Welcome to Queerly Recommended, the podcast where we recommend all the queer media that you could possibly hope for. I'm Tara Scott, and I review queer women's fiction at The Lesbian Review, Lambda Literary, and Smart Bitches Trashy Books. And I'm Chris Bryant. I'm a contemporary romance writer with a lot of books under my belt about women loving women, and I write for Bold Strokes Books. So if you would like to support the show, we have a link to our Kofi in the show notes, or you can visit Kofi.com slash queerly recommended. That's ko-fi.com slash queerly recommended. It is absolutely not necessary. You can just enjoy the show. That's no big deal. But if you would like to support us, we would be happy for you to do so. I also want to give a couple of thanks to folks who have supported us recently through Kofi. Marie S. supported us with the note, I've been a listener since the very first one. Yay! Thanks for the great content. Marie, thank you so much for following us for this journey. I'm so glad to hear that, that you've enjoyed it. And Lisa Bookie shared, I just wanted to send a little thank you to a couple of my favorite queer content creators. Thank Big you, heart. Lisa. Thank you. We really appreciate you. We do. So, Chris. Yes. You were in P-Town. How was was. it? How was Women's Week? Okay, so Women's Week was amazing. It was so good to get back to some sort of normalcy and uh, see my friends, to meet new uh, readers. We actually had quite a few new readers. Oh, cool. So that was nice. Uh, The week was a little thin the actual week because a lot of it happens on the weekend Mm -hmm. so a lot of people come in like thursday night and then friday saturday sunday and so we had a big turnout on saturday for books buying books and things like that so i was on a few panels i did a brown bag with melissa melissa Braden and georgia beers Mm -hmm. and we did a brown bag and i think almost all the videos i don't think that one I don't know if that recorded or not, but all of the the panels that we did are on the Bold Strokes Books YouTube channel. So you can go back Very and watch cool. them for the people who weren't able to make it. But it was fantastic. I had such a great time. It was wonderful. It was great. Good. Well, yeah. you were missed. But hopefully, in the meantime, folks enjoyed uh, the bonus episode that we released instead of a regular episode with our commentary track for your favorite movie ah! in the world, Rocky Horror Picture <laughs> Why? Why did you make me do this? <laughs> because neither of us likes horror movies, and we were doing right. something for Halloween, and you were going to P-Town, right. and we wanted to get another episode <laughs> I know. So the good news is, is, so now that it's getting into the holiday season, I'm going to make you watch a bunch of uh, Christmassy gay movies, so mm-hmm. get ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Turnabout. Fair play. Just saying. Should we should we say if any listeners, if there is a super queer Christmas movie that you get especially excited about, let us know. You can tweet at us, you can email podcast at queerlyrecommended.com. You can hit any of our social channel DMs. Maybe we can do a commentary on it. Yes. Or if we hate it. No, if we love it. (laughs) (laughs) So I think we're one in one. I think we loved Oceans Eight and then this one was like two you, hours too long. Yeah, you you <laughs> hated it, and I love the first hour and hate the second hour. So right, I've co- exactly. I, I have complicated feelings about this film. I exactly. guess exactly. I feel like after one hour it should have stopped, and that should have been the end. But the end dragged out to something that was well beyond my ability to appreciate 
because it was just too much. It was too much for me. Well, and it's one too that like, so we were completely sober when we were doing it. And I'm actually not sure that not being sober for would have sh- helped. Yeah, exactly. We should next time we'll have to have a, a cocktail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We should call it the cocktail commentary. Cocktail commentary. That's a good name. How do I make that queer? I don't know. I don't know. If you again, if you have ideas, reach out to yes. us. And I like alliteration. I love alliteration. And if we're gonna go with cocktail commentary, let's try to keep it queer. So let's try to come up with a word that fits in that. But I don't know. I'll let our listeners be creative. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Please do. Yes. Speaking of listeners, it's actually listener question time, and there are a couple specifically for you. So Yuri Fick wants to know, does Britt Ryder have plans to bang out (laughs) another (laughs) hot book? uh, Probably not for a couple of years. I am obligated to write four other books in the meantime. So I have to get those book written before I actually consider another Britt Ryder book. Mm -hmm. But yes, I mean, I love the responses to Britt Ryder. But I also need to pay my bills, and yes. uh, contemporary romance does that. So yes. erotica is going to have to wait. So if you were to follow up question from me, not Eurific, if you were to write another Brit writer book, would you? Because your first two are very, very tied to each other, right? Would you write another one in that same, like with those same folks, or would you branch out to totally different people? I would branch out because I am not one who can do like a trilogy or like the the world building where people can do like a four series books. I can't do that. Like I was surprised I did Shameless and Not Guilty. Like mm-hmm. that, 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 impre- I impressed myself by being able to do that. Mm-hmm. So I can't imagine tagging on another book with these characters. I just, I don't know where it would go. So I would have to start fresh. All right. In what public place will your characters bang it out? <laughs> um, I don't know. I'll have to think about that. You have uh, four books to consider. <laughs> right. Right. During this time, as I'm editing and writing, I will think about what I can do, what Brit Ryder can do next. Mm-hmm. I'll give it some thought. Uh, somewhat related, thematically, I guess. KB asks, did you write the love scenes in Against All Odds? We know how much you like writing them. So I thought I would ask. I love this book. And for people who don't know, first of all, what is Against All Odds? And why would people ask you that? Okay, so Against All Odds is a book that I wrote with two other Bold Strokes books writers, Maggie Cummings and M. Ulrich. And what it is, it's kind of a thriller where we have three points of view. The three of us each picked a point of view and wrote a book about a serial killer who goes into a bridal shop to kill everybody because he got rejected by his fiance. And two survivors end up hooking up. And so his goal is to have 100% on this kill. And so he goes after the other two characters who have since created, they formed a relationship and then they started a, you know, they started a relationship, Mm -hmm. a friendship. And so I wrote, since we all wrote a different uh, character, I wrote one love scene and then when we never say who wrote what, like, no, Mm -hmm. I mean, people probably know who who wrote what character, but uh, I wrote a love scene and then one of the other writers wrote a love scene and... For sure, I was like red penning it. Nope, we can't write this. Nope, we got to elaborate more. You know, I was just, I was very, 
yeah. teacherly about the whole love scene, sex scenes in, in the books because, you know, they need to be good. Not that they weren't already, but it was just, you know, I, you know how I am. I'm such a bossy cow. <laughs> I'm a bossy cow. But it was a great experience. Um, so I did write at least one of them, possibly two. It, I mm-hmm. wrote it four years ago, so I'm not quite sure. I haven't revisited the book. Yeah. But it was a lot of fun. And I love writing sex scenes because it's like having sex in a way. Uh, <laughs> well, I feel like you need to elaborate on that. I know you've, you've talked about this before. We have talked about it in a past episode, but there might be people who haven't heard it. Why do you like writing sex scenes? Why do you say it's like having sex? Well, it's it's new and it's fun and exciting, especially the very first scene between characters. You know, um, you build up this tension this whole time. You're building up tension between these characters. And then when they finally do get together, it's, okay, what are they going to be like? They're two different characters. They have two different sets of emotions, feelings, ideas behind sex. And so trying to write the perfect scene between these characters is very challenging. And I really enjoy it. I love it because it's they're new characters, they're new, quote unquote, people. So writing the scenes, you know, I I've written some scenes that where they didn't get it right, you know, mm-hmm. where it's kind of messy and awkward, which sometimes happens in real life. And mm-hmm. then I've written scenes where it's like seamless and smooth, which how we all want sex to go. Um, and sometimes they really do happen where we, you know, everything falls into place. And so mm-hmm. I, I just like seeing if these characters really hit it off right away or if there's going to be a little bit of awkwardness. And so it's just getting there. I just love the buildup. What is harder to write, the first sex scene or the first kiss? You know, the buildup for a first kiss is hard. It really is hard because you just can't kiss. There has to be consent. There has to be, you know, like, why are these people kissing in the first place? I mean, when they get to sex, you know, they're having sex because they are at that point in the relationship where that's where they're at. But the kiss, you never know if... You know, the character makes a move, if it's going to be the right time, the right place, you just don't know. And I love it when it just comes together. Like, I had one, I had characters have sex in a, in a book that happened way too soon. I was not ready for them to have sex, and they did. Hmm. So, that was in Whirlwind Romance, Chapter 9. It's a big one. Now, I have another question. This is going to turn into the Tara Interviews Chris <laughs> Bryant author <laughs> podcast, Woo! apparently. So, are you... A pantser, or are you a plotter, or an outliner? I am 100% a pantser. I have no idea what's going to happen, and it upsets my editor-in-chief so much because I turn in proposals that are like not even a page long, and mm-hmm. she's always like, hey, where's the conflict? I'm like, I don't know. We're going to find out. <laughs> right, we're going to find out. And like, yeah. and it's so funny because she always talks. I, I cannot believe that there are people like this, like me, this this much like me that get away with it because you know sandy's very okay look i know that you're gonna have conflict and i know that you're gonna have angst but you know you need to give me something i'm like i don't really know you're just gonna have to trust me and it's like and and like the ending i don't they're gonna i always say and they end up happily ever after and and all my proposals because i don't know how they're gonna get there yeah. And uh, when I was in P-Town on one of the panels, we were discussing getting to the end of the book and my book forever that I just turned in for edits. I didn't get to the ending until three days before it was due. Oh, my God. And was I that actually, stressful? It was, it was actually, oh, my God. I, yeah, but I trust myself. I'm always yeah. like, you're going to find it. Just let it happen. 
And so when I get to that point, instead of continuing to write, because mm -hmm. I'm just filling, and I just I have to step away and just let my brain think about it. And then I'll watch like something mindless, some cooking show. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I got the ending. There it is. Yeah. So it happened three days. It was actually two days before it was due, but I turned it in a day late. Amazing. It was. Yeah. I just, I, that's, I don't even know how to do an outline. I would never follow an outline because mm -hmm. I'm so, it's the character, it's, I'm character driven. So the emotions and the, it's not necessarily the actions of the character. It's not necessarily like what they do for a living or the plot. Mm -hmm. It's all emotion. It's character driven. So I have no idea what's going to happen. Like no clue. I, I don't know what the angst is going to be. I don't know what the conflict is going to be. I, I just don't know. That's pretty fun. It is. It's a lot of fun. I enjoy it. So far, so good. Nice. You know? Yeah. Okay. So we have a question for both of us. Okay. Sheena from the Lesbian Review asks, what's the scariest thing you have ever faced? Like ghosts, et cetera. Not real world stuff. We don't need more real world. That's hard to say. Real world Bullshittery. Bullshittery is a word I can say. So I just can't say word. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, what about you? Um. Okay. So, I had to do a lot of thinking because I don't have a lot of scary stuff in my background. I used to be terrified of dogs. I don't think that counts. That's a. It's a phobia that I conquered. So I kept thinking, and something that you know but I don't think I've ever <laughs> revealed to the listeners is that it's fabulous. when I was a kid, <laughs> my parents took up a hobby. I love this. I love this so hard. <laughs> I was probably nine the first time they took our whole family for yeah. war of 1812 <laughs> reenacting. Uh. That's right. We drove all over Ontario. We went into Michigan. Uh, awesome. Ohio. We went to Ohio a lot, actually. There's a, a historical fort there. Uh, we went to New York State once. And we probably did like 10 weekends a year or something <laughs> like that. That was just with the kids. Sometimes my dad would go on for other ones as well. That was like, it was my dad's passion. My mom had enough friends and she had fun and it was fine. And I had friends, but I hit a point, I think when I was 16 when I could finally put my foot down and say I'm not going I am not I am not going I'm staying home fuck this I don't want this I'm not doing this you all go live your lives I'm not doing this uh and so yeah Chris has seen the photos uh they're brilliant yeah yeah it was a thing and so when I was thinking about it, it's like what's the spookiest I like I can't say anything like legitimately scary happened, right? But this probably the spookiest thing that I can think of for like my life. If we're leaving real world bullshittery out of it, like how you know, can you can say that and I can't? I don't know, man. I'm special. I guess. <laughs> real world. See, I have a hard real. time. Real world. Real world. Real world. Bullshittery. Maybe it's the Maybe it's an accent thing. Maybe all the accented people. Yeah, all of us. It's all of us. It's not you. <laughs> well, Sheena asked the question, so it's probably like rolls off her tongue in a sexy uh, way, of course, because it's right? an accent. <laughs> in that amazing South African accent. Right. Uh, so probably the spookiest was we did a reenactment at Fort Niagara in New York State. And what made this reenactment different than anywhere else 
is that we actually got to stay in one of the fort's buildings. Oh, wow. And so it's this, like, you know, well, at that point, it would have been nearly 200 years old. We're reaching back quite a bit now. So it's more than 200 years old (laughs) at this point. (laughs) But, like, gigantic stone. It's cold. It's dark. It's creepy. Because usually we're staying in our own tents. And, like... For sure this place was haunted, right? I don't even know that I actually believe in ghosts. But, like, if a place is haunted, that place is haunted. It's fucking haunted. (laughs) It's like, it it was one of those, like, in the middle of the night, did I want to have to get up and use the bathroom? No, thank you, ma'am. I will wait until it is the morning and there is light. And I'm not walking anywhere because fuck this place. Fuck everything about it. So, yeah. That is my story. I... Have revealed, I feel like I've revealed the most embarrassing part of my childhood now. So you're all welcome. <laughs> what about you? What's the scariest thing you ever faced? Okay. So it's this is a hard question for me because I have an older sister who my whole entire life has scared the living shit out of me. Like at every chance, every turn she could. She was always constantly scaring me. So I have actually, it's like, now as an adult it's everybody's like goal at my work is to scare me because i have for years i have completely internalized all of that so that mm-hmm. i don't get scared visually outside you know nobody can like scare me they just yeah. can't it's just one of those things where my sister has scarred me for life you know? <laughs> uh-huh. so you know and i used to we used to crawl around in the old castle ruins you know in germany when i was a kid and I would get stuck behind, I was a small, I was teeny tiny thin when I was mm-hmm. a child and I could slip through the bars. Nobody else could. I could go in these castles and, and anyway, it was, that was kind of cool. But and my sister would like, oh my God, there's somebody behind you. And of course, you know, I'm panicked trying to slip through the bars. That was mm-hmm. one thing. But this is kind of a funny story and it was scary and it happened. It was just weird. It was a really weird story. And I can't believe I'm sharing this with you, but I'm going to. And I feel like I've shared this story with somebody recently. Mm-hmm. So hopefully it wasn't already in our podcast. But so this is a little embarrassing. But mm-hmm. um, I was, as the very first time I ever masturbated. Thank you. This is a masturbation story that is also very scary. We're getting vulnerable. I know. Very vulnerable. So I'm sitting there and like I have the house to myself. Obviously, I I think I'm a young teenager. I'm not quite sure how old I was. Anyway, so like I'm like I'm I'm masturbating and I'm like this kind of feels good. And I'm like Mm -hmm. doubting everything in my life. Should I be doing this? And I ask the question, if this is wrong to do, give me a sign. And I'm not even joking. I'm not even lying. Like this Mm -hmm. still carries to this day several years later. The smoke alarm went beep. Yeah, my smoke alarm beeped. And it wasn't like it just failed right then. It wasn't a, um, like, you know, when the battery goes out, like every Mm -hmm. two minutes or whatever, it goes beep. It just beeped once, and it never beeped after that. And so I, like, didn't masturbate my whole entire teens after that. What? Yes. This is a true story. That is wild. That That is one judgy fucking smoke alarm. (laughs) And now look at me. I love sex. I'm writing about sex. I'm selling books about sex. So like that kind of backfired on whoever was warning me not to do that. So um, Right? Yeah. So (laughs) Yeah, that would have been terrifying. It was very terrifying as a as a young adult. Yeah, not even young adult teen. I, I really don't know. We were in our house, so I had to have been about thirteen. 
probably. Oh no. I know. But yeah. I know. Uh I thought when you were doing the lead and talking about your sister, it made me <laughs> think of my story my favorite oh. story about your sister ever. <laughs> I have so many. I have I so know. I know. Stories about your sister on this podcast have been just a gift to me personally. I don't even know. I don't. I hope other listeners are enjoying them. But for me, like my favorite thing ever is you talking about how she tricked you into going to see the ring. (laughs) Romantic comedy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So my sister's a total brat. Our whole lives, she's always been a total brat. And Mm -hmm. we were constantly pranking my parents. And uh, when we first moved to the United States, we lived in a townhouse, which was like townhouses here are tall, narrow. They have like three different stories. Uh, Let me see. Bedroom story. Like upstairs, there was three bedrooms Mm -hmm. uh, and a bathroom. The middle section was, you know, the dining room and the living room, the kitchen. And then the lower uh, was like a bedroom, washroom, bathroom, and just like a like a um, like a family room. Mm hmm. And uh, so three stories. So I was at the very, very top and I was putting on, um, I got out of my bedroom. I was putting on roller skates and my sister was washing dishes and my mom was downstairs washing laundry. So we're on all three levels. Mm-hmm. And my roller skate fell down the stairs and my sister comes running. She goes, oh my God, I thought you fell. And she's like, oh, let's pretend like you did. She <laughs> goes, so go down the stairs and like, you know, sit backwards you know with your legs up on the stairs and like your back all crunched up and she goes and we'll just pretend like you fell and she's oh like i'm God. gonna go get ketchup i'm gonna get ketchup and then i'm gonna tell mom <laughs> you fell so she's like ketchup in the ear so so i got ketchup in my ear coming out of my ear and then my mom comes she she races downstairs she, uh, you know my mom hears noises all the time like you yeah. know, we're always like you know roughhousing it and just playing yeah. around And so my mom comes upstairs and, you know, my mom, God love her. She has put up with so much crap from us. You know, she's screaming and hollering. And like my, I, I, I I had to laugh. (laughs) You know, I just, I couldn't hold it any longer, but yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So we're, we're, she's very, she's very creative. My sister is extremely creative and she loves to scare, like I said. And Uh yeah, so she gets me going with the ring. Hey, let's go see a romantic comedy. It's called the ring. Sure. Okay. (laughs) I just imagine there's just like a little part of her brain that's governed by a demon. <laughs> you know, it's the truth. And then she loves to, she just loves scary movies and everything about scaring me. And I'm like, I'm like for her to get me to scare me now, it takes mm-hmm. a lot. It takes a lot. But when she does, she celebrates hard. <laughs> I bet she, she does. does. <laughs> oh my God. All right. So what have you been reading or watching recently? So, since I was gone for so long, I fell behind on everything. Mm-hmm. So my DVR was like full. Yeah. And I didn't even know where to start. Yeah. So, you know, I'm watching all the The Walking Dead, The World Beyond, Fear of the Walking Dead, The Actual Walking Dead. Uh, I'm all caught up on that. Mm-hmm. I started the great British baking show. They have a new season, but here's the shitty part. It's the week, every week. They drop a new episode. And I'm yeah. like, it's like Ted Lasso. It's like, come on, just drop it all at once so I can binge watch the shit out of it mm-hmm. for eight hours and then I can move on. But no, yeah. I have to try to remember that it's on every week. Yeah. I forget. So, I'm not a fan of that either. Yeah, I don't like it. You know, the pandemic has has made us all hate that because mm-hmm. everything is so readily available that now when the when new shows start, oh, yeah, and Survivor, I'm watching Survivor, which is also a weekly show. Mm-hmm. And it's just hard. It's hard to get back into that. I am angry. I'm angry about it. All right. Well, yeah. 
<laughs> Listen, media companies, drop it all I, once. I Give us drop the it season. All once. Right. Okay. So what about you, Tara? What have you been watching or reading or playing or any of that? So I have been playing a game on our T- PS4 like it is a job and it is not queer, <laughs> but it should be. It's called Persona 5 Royal. It is a turn-based JRPG. It almost, when you play it at the easiest level, which is what I'm doing, because I don't want to die and have to start over again. I am very much of the fuck that school of gaming. Um, So the idea is that you are this teenager who gets arrested because you stop this dude from forcing a woman to get into his car it's very clear he's going to like take her home and uh rape her and i'm like "Mm, fuck that fuck you right and then so this kid gets arrested and for some reason gets sent to some other town for probation it's like he can't stay where he is and this all takes place in japan and he gets there and basically kind of like ends up with a group of friends and it's the theme, basically, maybe this is a better way to say it. The theme, basically, is that the kids are all right. It's the grownups that are the problem. And so it's them kind of along the way dealing with, like, corrupt adults, predators, like, that kind of thing, one by one, taking them on by going into what they call the metaverse, which is why it was particularly hilarious to me that Facebook rebranded as meta. meta and they're like, we're going to own the whole metaverse. I'm like, but that's where you go to steal people's treasures and change their hearts. Well, that's kind of true. Right? Well, Facebook, yeah. Yeah, right? We're going to steal all your monies and we're going to poison your hearts. Right. <laughs> is we're going to change your mind on things. Oh, my God. We're going to turn you into QAnoners. Uh, yeah. And that's sort of the, like, you, you basically go into this other world that's kind of layered on top of the real world and in there you're kind of finding it's like what is the thing that this bad person most desires and you end up like reforming them by taking this metaphysical version of that thing it's i recognize that as i'm explaining this it sounds stupid (laughs) so the better proof point is that i have played 124 hours of this game in the last month (laughs) oh my goodness Yes, I I took the first full week of October off and I think I put 55 hours in just that week. Like I played it like it was my job and I was working overtime. Right. That's that's like 10 hours a day. What are you doing? (laughs) Yeah, it is so good. And honestly, so my only real complaint is that it's not queer and it absolutely should be queer because there is a dating uh element to it so you can date um you can basically date any of your female friends there are also some adults you can date even though you're a student and i'm like no no i'm not gonna do that like again the the ethics of this world are a little iffy to me in some cases but i wish he could date the boys right because i ship him with one of the villain boys. Oh, oh my God. They have such amazing chemistry. Uh, although Neil was like, wouldn't it be problematic though? If like one of the bad guys is gay. And I'm like, yeah, true. I mean, if he was the only gay character, then I think it would be a, a big problem, but I don't think it's that bad. Like if he can date any of the boys, wouldn't that be an amazing twist though? Like right. he has this like super big 
awesome energy they 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 have amazing chemistry and they're dating and then dun 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 he's a bad guy i thought that would be incredible but they didn't ask me what i think so no they didn't i once i finished playing i will probably go and dive into some fanfic and see i can't be the only person who's thought this there's a zero (laughs) percent chance that i'm the only i'm the only one in terms of what we've been watching so we've started watching mythic quest which is on apple tv oh it has one of the leads is one of the guys from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, the brother with the dark hair. Okay. Rob. I don't know how Never to pronounce watched. his last name. Oh, I don't know if I recommend it or not. It's been so long since I've okay. seen it. I think it's one of those shows that people either really, really love or really, really don't love. But Mythic Quest is a completely different show, and it's about a video game company. And specifically, it's a game that makes an, an MMO, so like a massively multiplayer online role-playing game. And it does have queer content because there's these two QA testers, and one of them is a lesbian, and she has a massive crush on this girl who is also a tester. And I think that girl might have a crush right back on her. I'm Ooh. so early in it. They're so so cute together and i'm really 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 hoping they get together i think they probably will the show is giving me vibes that it's gonna happen and it's i don't know like it's fun it's funny it's deals with real world issues in video gaming and i'm liking it a whole lot and the other thing that i've been doing so we haven't talked about other podcasts before and there is a podcast i've been listening to that i super super love called maintenance phase It is not specifically about queer issues, but the two hosts are queer. And so they kind of bring that lens to some of what they're talking about. And my way in was through recent episodes they did talking about Rachel Hollis. Do you know who she is? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So basically talking about like what a problem Rachel Hollis is. And I was like, okay, I'm really enjoying this. And then I went back one further episode and they were talking about Marianne Williamson. And I was like, ooh, yes. So they're, they're, okay. I like this very much. And then I kind of went through and there's actually a lot about like fad diets and like what is the history of certain wellness trends and so you know they talk about the company moon juice and they talk about the the history of the keto diet and on that kind of stuff but it was really it's yeah i love it so the hosts are michael hobbs he's a journalist for the huffington post and then aubrey gordon who writes the your fat friend column for i forget which magazine um and she also wrote kind of a book related to that and so it's a very like the the perspective comes across as like very intersectional, very aware of class issues, very aware of race issues. So modern day problems, modern day issues. Yes, but related to health. But related and, to health, okay. And, and kind of like how health and the wellness industry have been, and, and the media and all kinds of social forces have been trying to trick our, have been tricking us into really bad sometimes dangerous choices and behaviors and like the episode about olestra was super interesting (laughs) because i kind of i do remember that phase like 20 years ago when it was like here you go it's the no fat chips it still tastes like chips is that that was that the anal leakage ones yes which it turns out I'm going to do a spoiler on that episode. Uh, you'll have to go listen to the whole thing to, to get the full goods on it. it. was actually not true. Stop. Really? Yes. 
Yeah, so it's like they're debunking what we think we know uh, about okay. some of these things. So, like, yeah, because Jay Leno was making jokes about like sharding oil, <laughs> but that, Ain't but nobody leakage. actually did that. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, but so, see, it's the first thing. It's so weird because I was just thinking about that like three days ago or something. I was I was in the shower, like mm-hmm. has nothing to do with anything, but I I was actually thinking about the. Um, the movie that has the whole scene with the the healthy chips and hey don't eat those because they call they cause anal leakage and it yeah. was uh, Jason Bateman I think it was I can't remember the oh Christina was it Apple him Bay and Melissa movie. was it him and Melissa McCarthy no it wasn't Identity Thief it was something from a long time ago I want to say it was the one where Christina Applegate and she falls for the um, Oh hell, I don't, I don't remember. I don't think I've seen it. No, but it's pretty funny because Jason Bateman's like, you don't want to eat those because that causes anal leakage, and that was about the time when it was really, really big. Like, yeah, when this came out. Yeah, so, yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah, it was good. Anyway, so, yes. sorry, totally. Uh, yeah, so so they talk about current and yeah, current, past. current and past. So okay, gotcha. you know, for example, they have an episode on Doctor Oz. Um, they've just the most recent episode. So by the time our, by the time people are listening to this, there might be one more episode out. Oh, gotcha. But the, the most recent one that I've listened to as of this recording is an episode about a book and fitness video that Angela Lansbury did. Stop it. In How 1988. long ago was that? <laughs> wow. It's... She was 80 then. <laughs> Are you sure she wasn't born 80? Like... <laughs> Yeah, she might have been born 80. You're right. Oh, my God. She's still alive, she's which also I didn't know. But she's she is. She's still alive. She's 96. Good for her. Oh, you looked it up. I was just going to look it up. So so I was yeah. close. She was almost 80. She, yeah, she probably was. Yeah, she <laughs> she's totally 96. Was. Yeah. So I just I don't know if you're looking for another podcast where like, yeah, some of the information that's shared can be a little dark because, you know, pharmaceutical companies are right. the fucking worst. Right. But it never feels dark. And they give really strong content warnings for the ones that might be the roughest. Like there's an episode on eating disorders where they give a gigantic content warning right at the beginning of that. Um, And yeah, highly, highly recommend it. It's been super entertaining, super informational. And I've just been like finding excuses to keep listening to it. Wow. Oh, Chris. Okay. It's that time. What oh. is your official recommendation this week? Okay, so my official recommendation is the audiobook of 2017's bestseller, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. And that's uh, written by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Mm-hmm. So here's the deal. So why didn't somebody tell me about this book sooner? Like Everybody told you about this no, book. Lesbian nobody tw- told me. Oh my god, lesbian t- book Twitter, lesbian authors, lesbian readers have been going nuts about it forever. I haven't no. read it yet. But- Recently, like it, it, it came oh. around again. So I missed it the first yeah, yeah, yeah. time this all went down because I was probably doing something like not tweeting and not. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention, or I was like writing a book. Who knows? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I just I noticed recently that like there was a it came around again. Yes. So here's, so you and I kind of chatted last night a little bit um, mm-hmm. about, because I'm like, I don't know how to explain this book. I don't know how to explain this book at all without A, giving away anything mm-hmm. and, and B, just coming up with the words. So I'm going to have to read the blurb. 
I'm just going right. to have to read the blurb. So I'm going to read the blurb. Uh, and again, I uh, my recommendation is the audiobook, uh, and I'll explain why. Mm-hmm. Aging and reclusive Hollywood movie icon Evelyn Hugo is finally ready to tell the truth about her glamorous and scandalous life. But when she chooses unknown magazine reporter Monique Grant for the job, no one in the journalism community is more astounded than Monique herself. Why her? Why now? Monique is not exactly on top of the world. Her husband David has left her and her career has stagnated. Regardless of why Evelyn has chosen to write her biography, Monique is determined to use this opportunity to jumpstart her career. Summoned to Evelyn's Upper East Side apartment, Monique listens as Evelyn unfurls, there's another word, I stumble over, Jesus, her story. From making her way to Los Angeles in the 1950s to her decision to leave show business in the late 80s and, of course, the seven husbands along the way. As Evelyn's life unfolds, revealing a ruthless ambition, an unexpected friendship, and great forbidden love, Monique begins to feel a very real connection to the actress. But as Evelyn's story catches up with the present, it becomes clear that her life intersects with Monique's own in tragic and irreversible ways. Dun, dun, Boom. dun. I know. And so, so I really had no interest, you know, just listening to the blurb. I'm like, meh. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then one of my friends, Morgan, she says, you really need to read this book. I need you to stop doing everything and read this book, read this book, <laughs> mm-hmm. read this book, read this book. So she was like chirping in my ear. And I said, okay, look, I don't have a lot of time, a lot of time right now. You know, I have a full-time job. I have all these deadlines coming up. You know, I, I sell on eBay. I'm doing this podcast. So I said, okay, I'm going to listen to the audiobook on the way to P-Town since I drove. And that's a 24-hour drive for me. So let me tell you, I was absolutely captivated like within mm-hmm. five minutes i was invested five minutes of an audiobook like, really? that's nothing yeah i was a hundred percent invested and i'm really not an audiobook kind of person you know i like i like reading words i like books i mm-hmm. like you know kindle i like to be able to stop and move on and do other things at the same time but I, i'm so happy that i listened to the audiobook this is three three narrators three narrators on this book and it was absolutely magical how they did it it was, blew my mind so the reason why I did this besides Morgan chirping in my ear is mm-hmm. because, you know, I'm a curious person and I like gossip. And who doesn't love Hollywood and the whole glamour? And think about like, okay, so you're a woman in Hollywood. It's 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Like there's so much uphill battles in just real life during that time for women. And so I can't imagine, you know, it was probably 100 times worse in Hollywood. You know, mm-hmm. and and I absolutely, I fell in love with the characters. You know, Evelyn Hugo, she's an unapologetic, ruthless, ambitious woman who literally clawed her way to the top. And, you know, this book is all about relationships. It's about why they happen. And, and everything that was this book was believable to me. I believed everything. The relationship, whether it was mother-daughter, friends to lovers. Uh, long-time friendships, long-time lovers, uh, business relationships, queer relationships. It was all in there. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it, it's kind of like if you like, if you like, if you like heart-wrenching stories that will shred you, mm-hmm. but also mm-hmm. empower you at the same time, you know, then this book is for you. Because I s- cried, I sobbed, I laughed, I cried some more. I did the ugly cry. 
you know, where it's like, I'm mm-hmm. driving along and I'm sure people were passing me and looking at me and I'm like crying, I'm snotting. And they're probably like, oh, this poor oh, lady, no. she's got a full car. You know, it was, my car was packed. It was packed because I was on, you know, on a trip. They probably thought, oh, she probably just left her partner or something. Something bad happened to her because she's in mm-hmm. her car crying. And really, I'm just listening to this audiobook and I'm on my way to have the best time of my life. So, <laughs> so, um. <laughs> Yeah, so I, so not only did I listen to it on the way to P-Town, but then I turned around yeah. and I listened to it on the way home. Like, so I listened to it twice no. in a week. It was that good. That good. It was amazing. Whoa. So, you know, I, I love the story so much because it is the kind of story that I want to write. You know, I want to write the mm-hmm. layers and the depths and the emotions and the twists and turns and the heartbreak and love. You know, I loved it as a writer from the writer's perspective and how well this book was written. But uh, mm-hmm. a part of my soul died as a reader from this book. Mm. Well, it's so I I haven't read it. I do to. want to read it. I've seen a lot, um, especially like Rach from uh, the Rainbow Literary Society, formerly Les Revert. I know she loves it. I've seen some authors talking about it. I'm trying to remember if it was Monomon. Why can't See? I say this right now? Now it's your turn. <laughs> rubbing off. God damn it. It's viral. It's viral. Uh, Monica McCallan or Haley Cass. I can't remember which probably, one. Yeah, might probably have been every, both. every I don't single know. person now. So that's why it's on Twitter. And and that's why, you know, I think mm-hmm. I think this like group of writers reread it or started to read it and so then it kind of leaked out yeah. and Morgan was part of that group so I'm yeah. just like okay fine because it's been on like bestseller lists and has like a bajillion reviews on Amazon and Goodreads and you know I, ch- I tend to stay away from mainstream books only because you know yeah. I, I like to support my own writers and my queer community so I, I don't like to really go there uh because there's so much to choose from now i don't have to like seek it out in mainstream mm-hmm. but this is a book that just like seriously it was it's like a, your nagging little sister saying do this do this do this do this is and so i finally said fine i'll do it because i love you and i'll do this and so i did and it was like the best advice i had received this whole month so my impression of it and i'd love if you can confirm or deny is that it is not a romance but there is a very strong romantic element to it um how do I want to say this without like there's like there is a love story but it's not a romance novel it's 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 a journey it's a journey yeah it's a journey of romances it's a journey of life it's a journey of just trying to live your truths yeah and the painstaking way that you go about doing it and I truly can't recommend this enough and i feel like if if taylor gets more uh like if all of a sudden everybody runs out and gets the audiobook because i recommended it i really want to cut <laughs> <laughs> give chris her yeah. her nickel no i mean basically what i what i was saying is like because there is this perception that all lesbian books are romances and all books recommended by lesbian twitter are romances like I'm just saying, like sh- people should not expect this to be like a typical. You are going to try to make me right? say something. I'm not going to say something. No, I'm I, just, here's the I, deal. What I'm trying to do is set up people for the right expectations because I think it's okay if it's not a romance, but I don't want people to read it and be like, "But I was expecting, I was expecting something that I didn't get." Do you know what okay. I mean? Like I'm not saying give away if it's a happy ending or not. I'm saying don't expect. I'm saying me I read it and you did not, so you can't guess what it was about. I'm just saying as a 
romantic person, as a romance writer, mm -hmm. this book did not disappoint me. How's that? Okay. Okay. That works. That works. That absolutely works. The reason I feel so strongly about it is because I've seen some really incredible lesbian books get dinged uh, in lesbic Goodreads, At Goodreads because it's not a romance, yeah. even though it was never marketed as a romance. You know what I mean? Like this idea that like all lesbian fiction can only be romance right. or it's going to like get two stars on Goodreads or something like that. And I just think that's not it's, fair. It's, I mean, it's not your typical. Well, shit, I can't even say that. Like, I, I just can't talk about it. <laughs> I can't I can't say what it is it's it's just it was so uniquely done and there is mm -hmm. obviously strong romance in it um yeah that it, there's so much in this I'm, I was not disappointed there was a lot of history a lot of uh signs of the times type thing um so it's just well okay. how about this is it fair to say you've never read anything quite like it before is it fair to say is it fair to say it's true for sure. It's 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 so uniquely written that, I mean, the story's been told a thousand times, but it was so uniquely written that um, yeah. it was amazing. Like, like, truly, this is what I strive for. And, you know, Taylor's mm -hmm. like, probably like, I don't know how she's like 12 or something. She's real young. <laughs> so I'm just like, wow, you wrote this amazing book at such a young age. And here I am like, I like you. Do you like me? Let's go out. You know, those are my books. And so... Yeah, but you're 24. I know, that's true. So probably, she's probably older than me. That's true. You are right. You're doing I the best you can. best you can. You're just a baby. <laughs> I am. So, yeah, it was, it was just an amazing book. And, and yay to everybody who pushed it for me to actually mm -hmm. listen to it. And and so I was talking about it so much in P-Town that other people picked it up, too. <sighs> Melissa Braden started Ooh, nice. reading it. She was actually reading the book. And so I go, mm -hmm. I found her book on her table. And I was like, oh, where are you? So I, like, had to open up to where she was to see where, was, where she was with the book. I'm like, we can't talk about it yet. And so, yeah. <laughs> and so everybody always talks about oh the God. last line of a book. And like, I strive for the perfect last line. And for sure, this person nailed it. Like the best last line of a book ever. I oh, hope wow. I've convinced you and other listeners to listen to the audiobook of this. And it requires, like, it's not one of those where you can listen to it and like vacuum and do stuff. Like, like I literally was in a car driving hanging on to every mm -hmm. word because every word's important in this book you just can't you know it's not like a fluffy romance mm -hmm. you have to like literally listen to what's going on Aha! it's not it's not fluffy it's still a romance ish but it's not fluffy you stop it god damn it you got so mad when i asked you that only but it's it's not fluffy to tell it's on not yourself. fluffy is it a romance i'm not gonna answer that but it's not a fluffy romance How's that? I write fluffy romance. This was not a fluffy romance. Uh, not all. Some of your romances are fluffy and some of your romances that's, are not fluffy. That's true. But for the most part, they're fluffy. Some of them are. Most of them. Your airplane romance is not that's fluffy. Crazy. <sighs> Listen was not a fluffy mm -hmm. romance. Listen, Listen was, was not, not a fluffy. fluffy. Oh, I Listen love that one. Listen is one of my one. favorites. I truly love that book. And it was funny because uh, when we were in P-Town, I was telling people, you know, Bolshevik's books, they brought all the books that were available for the, uh, I say for, <laughs> for the writers who were there, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but only the books that were printed in 2021. So any previous books, you had to go to a different store to get. And the different store didn't have this, didn't have a back, only like a couple of books of um, like my backlist. 
And so mm-hmm. there was only one copy of Listen there. And I was very sad because that went fast since I was like trying to pimp it. But, you know, so well, yeah. that was a good book. I really, I was proud of myself for that book. Well, that's like, honestly, as um, a person who lives with anxiety, that was one of the books that I read that I was like, nice. Yeah. Thank you. Like, I really appreciated getting to see, like, it's not it's it's not like my experiences are exactly the same but it was still really nice to see some of my experience reflected on the page yeah i figured it was important to write especially with mental health you know being such a big topic of the last five years of of finally you know they they're bringing it to light and how important it is and and that i just said you know i'm gonna do this because i feel this way and i Mm -hmm. know that a lot of readers are very introverted people too and uh yeah. and anxiety is is a, is a thing you know it really is and i wanted to bring that to light and say that it's okay to have it it's okay to have a relationship to be in relationships with people who have you know extremely crippling anxiety because it is a true thing and they mm-hmm. they deserve love just like everybody else so Okay, so we're recommending two <laughs> books here. The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo and by Taylor Jacobs Reed and me. Listen by Chris Bryant. Oh my gosh. Okay, so enough about that. Get that audiobook. It's amazing. It'll change your life. I want you to listen to it, to DM me, and we can talk about it some more because I need to talk to people about the ending and about this whole book in general. So anyway, so enough about that. What is your recommendation this podcast Tara so my recommendation is actually a graphic novel and it's YA and it is Squad by Maggie Tokuda Hall and Lisa Sturl um so I'm pretty sure in previous episodes of this here podcast I've talked about Maggie Takuda Hall and she had a YA fantasy last year called The Mermaid the Witch and the Sea and I just I loved it. And again, completely, highly, highly recommend it. Very queer. Very awesome. So when I heard the premise of Squad and knowing how much I love The Mermaid, The Witch, and the Sea, because so she's the writer. Lisa Sturl does the graphics. Graph, dra- drawing. <laughs> I know. I was like, <laughs> what I'm word am I looking for? She's the artist. artist. There she's you the go. artist. So just knowing how much I love uh, Maggie Takuda Hall's writing, when I heard the premise of Squad, I actually pre-ordered the hardcover. I don't read anything in like a hard, like I, I don't read paperbacks. I don't read hardcovers. I don't read any of that anymore, but I made an exception here and I am so glad that I did. I also ordered it and forgot. And then it arrived when I was in the middle of a staycation, which was the perfect thing because I started reading it at bedtime one night and I read the whole thing in one shot and I stayed up way too late and it was 100% worth it. And I was super excited. I was like, Neil, read this book. Go read it. (laughs) So the premise is that it all kind of focuses on Becca. Um, Becca is starting at a new high school and she's invited to join the popular girls. Right off the bat. And she's a little bit right, pretty much right off the bat. She's kind of baffled by this. She also makes a couple of other friends with like not popular people, which was nice because, again, showing the idea that you can have friends with more than one group like (laughs) this can be real. But she's invited to join the popular girls and she learns not too long after that they're all werewolves. They prey on other boys who are predators like sex pests and rapists, that kind of thing. 
I mean, no, you don't actually see anyone getting, there is nobody getting sexual assault, sexually assaulted in this, but like basically they, they prey on the creepy boys and they want her to become a werewolf too. How do you become a werewolf? And she, I forget. <laughs> we all know <laughs> how to become vampires, but how does, um, I think it's a, I think it's a, I think it's a biting situation in this. Um, okay, in this sorry, one. I did not mean to interrupt. Positive that it is. I'm gonna look. You keep talking. Well, it's it's like a it's like a like you get turned basically. I think. <laughs> oh, you mean like in the lore of yeah, these it, things? Like, yeah, I don't. How does one become a werewolf? I mean, I have to think it's either a biting thing yeah, or you're born into it. Yeah, it says to become it. a werewolf, it is necessary to be bitten by a werewolf in their wolfish form at the time of the full moon. Well, there you go. Okay. Sorry. Please continue. So choose accordingly. If there's a full moon, are you going out I'm or be are a you staying home? I'm a vampire all the way. <laughs> so would you rather be a vampire than a werewolf? For sure. For sure. Ask me why. Okay. Yeah. Why? Because I can't believe I totally hijacked this. I'm so sorry. You're doing No, do it. Okay. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do so it. I, because then I could stay awake all the time. I could write more. I could do more. I would never mm-hmm. sleep. I never go mm-hmm. out anyway. I'm constantly on my couch with all the curtains pulled because I have a light sensitivity mm-hmm. thing where I can't have light in front of me. I can't have light to the side of me. I'm a hot mess. So, like, I can stay inside, not no sun. Mm-hmm. Like, I can do that. And I'm a night owl. I like to be out at night. I like to do things mm-hmm. at night. I like to stay up late. Like, I would totally mm. be a vampire. But I have to lose 20 pounds before somebody changes me. So, because <laughs> I need to be in the body I'm happy with for the next eternity so well maybe this would force you <laughs> to embrace the idea of radical self-love right. um no matter what <laughs> well, you gotta that, love yeah. your body no matter what size it but is then, it's but still a good body it's still, still it's, strong body it's still strong good body it's a it's a softy body and and if i'm gonna live with this body for the rest of my life i i i'm gonna have to ask you to please don't bite me until i'm ready and you know the next full i'd say give me two full moons and then i'll be i'll be at the place where i need to be just right, you'll do a quick cut. It's uh, a quick cut, and then we're, we're good. <laughs> okay, so back to your recommendations. Oh my god, you don't even want to know if I would rather be oh, a I'm werewolf so sorry. or a vampire. <laughs> You'd rather be a werewolf because you were like, "What? You want to be a vampire?" Well, mostly because I don't think I would want the the whole not being able to walk around during the day. So I think it would depend on like which which like are we going with traditional general vampire or because i'm still reading the lost girls by sonia hartle and in her version vampires can go out during the day but nobody wants to interact with them because they're just creeped out by them and it's like i could live with that yeah that's because then you can still buy stuff at the store or you can go the twilight and and be uh gemified sparkly sparkly. yes you can be sparkly sparkly. that would be me i mean we're already queer why not be sparkly and queer exactly (laughs) so i want to be the sparkly vampire like when I'm in the, uh, when I'm, mm-hmm. you know, in the mm-hmm. bed of flowers and the sun shining on me, I don't burn, but instead I sparkle like that. That to me is, I think it's perfect. Think so too. Okay. It's perfect. Uh, so why do I like this? I really liked the writing. I found it really compelling. It's, you know, tackling some complex issues in a kind of different and interesting way uh you know there's a lot of patriarchy smashing that's at the center of this like it's very much a deliberate choice of who they're going to go after uh when they need to hunt every month and it turns into some really kind of interesting conversations later in the book where there's a question of like are we losing our way are we 
Are we losing kind of our the, the ethical core at what we're doing? There's also some stuff there about Becca's relationship with her mom. And, you know, as a mother reading that, like it felt kind of like a little tender, a little raw. Like I can see how it gets that way. Like I, re- I remember what my relationship with my mom was like when I was in high school and I'm already not super looking forward to that stage where, you know, my daughters are are pulling away emotionally because that's a part of growing up. And there is also, you know, Becca does end up, she has a crush on one of her friends. And what does she do with that? You know, she knows she's queer. They don't know that she's queer. How is that going to go? It goes pretty well. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, look who's giving away spoilers now. Listen, I don't care. (laughs) I know this book is, Uh, yeah. So this is, is this a new one? This is new. Yes, it's it's, uh, quite new. It came out uh, October 6th or 7th, I think. Um, The art is great and kind of the color palette reminds me of almost like um, an 80s or 90s, like not not uh fluorescenty but more pastel-y i don't know if that makes any sense with like the blues and the pinks and the yellows and all of that like it's just it's so good if you have a teenage queer in your life definitely pick it up for them for christmas uh if you would like to read it for yourself pick it up as well i'm glad i got the hardcover like this is going to be one that it's worth going back to and i cannot wait for my kids to be old enough to read it nice Nice. so i I think that's it. That's it. That's all for this episode. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. If you enjoyed the show, um, like we said, we have a Kofi link in our show notes. Or just honestly, hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you can get notified whenever we release an episode. And if you have a friend who you think would like the show, please, please, please tell them all about it. Because we would love uh, for more people to get the queer media recommendations they're looking for. Right. And now that we're back in action. That's right. Back in action. (laughs) Connect with us on uh, social media, search for Queerly Recommended on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or email us at podcast at queerlyrecommended.com. You can find us both separately and together on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Bye, everybody. That was a great, great podcast. Loved it. (laughs)